Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Believe it or not, I'm in Greece and it's sunny and um, I don't want you to think I'm having a good time though. So I'm thinking of you back at home in Ivy. I'm here with Andy and with Zoe and we're connecting with some of our new thing partners, Malcolm and Trish, and we're, we're looking um, to help them think about how they grow and start new churches. So uh, thanks for your prayer. You know, you're bigger. We're part of something way bigger than we ever think that we are just on a Sunday and God's doing amazing things in the nation. So I want you to, uh, to thank you for, for your support and your prayer and, uh, and financially for supporting Ivy too. And I just wanted to bring something to think about with regard to finances because I read a really disturbing report at the, at the uh, mi- middle of this year. I was reading a thing about divorce and how divorces skyrocket in the UK. Um, that it's like a 50% of divorces, are, 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 are in fact more than that, are over the issue of money. And um, so I, I thought, well, actually, we need to say something about this. This, this uh, what God intended for for good for us it can become such a, a curse, can become something horrible for so many people. And actually, in the run up to Christmas, December, and then especially into January, the divorce rate sky high because people are kind of in some way trying to spend their way into the perfect Christmas, whatever that looks like, and whatever everybody tries to sell you on it. And then in January, it all comes crashing back down. Maybe they were hoping that this Christmas is going to be different, so they spend all the money to try and make it amazing. And then in January, they're left with a, a grim reality, and they end up thinking, okay, I'm going to go into the new year different. And we don't want that for you, uh, whatever your relational life looks like. Your financial life is, is affecting your relational life and your spiritual life and everything else. So I want to talk to you about, I'm, I'm surrounded by walls in this kind of uh, ancient um, Greek ruin, and, um, and you know we don't want yours to be ruined. We want your, your financial life to have some walls around. I'm going to talk about a few things that God would put as walls around your finances so that you'll be, you will be fi- really financially secure in the way that he thinks of, of being financially secure. See, no matter what kind of income people uh, have got, most of the time they think the answer if you, if you, is, is, is just to have more. If I could just have more, everything would be better. But I've been somebody who's had more and had less and found that it's more or less a problem um, depending on your attitude to money and how you deal with it and in terms of how you get it, how you give it, how you receive it, whether you save it, what you spend it on, all those things really matter and I want to look at those things and and the fact is generally we tend to compare uh, up so I remember being in a previous church where I'm talking to one guy who I knew was on at that time probably like four or five times my annual salary but he was telling me about all of his problems and I was thinking well I wish I had your financial problems but then when I've gone to lots of other places even here in Greece and we're soon going to go to a refugee camp uh, and, and see some people there you know I, they're going to see me as being somebody that would be their great aspiration financially so it's good for us to get a, a matter of perspective and for us to be able 
able to, to look at that differently. It's all about perspective. So I want to look at five things that the Bible would say about your money. And the first one is to track your money. Basically, if you, if you don't know where it's going, you don't know what's going in and you don't know what's going out, you're going to wonder where it all went. And so the Bible would say, and God would say through the Bible, it's wise for us to track our finances carefully and that can prevent this kind of financial amnesia where, where I just don't even know what's going on with regard to my money. I'm really grateful for the app that I have on my phone that has enabled me to keep better track. I used to be terrible at this but now I know what's going in, I know what's going and going out and I can track it easily. Sometimes we, when, it, when it feels like there's not much money we can be a bit scared to do that. I don't know if you've ever felt that kind of fear around money but actually knowledge is potential power. I was going to say knowledge is power, but actually knowledge is only it's only potential power. It becomes power when you act according to knowledge. When you act, and that's what the Bible would call wisdom. The, the book of Proverbs in the Bible is so full of wisdom about all kinds of things to do with life. Many people believe it was written by Solomon, who went on, as we know, to be known as one of the wealthiest and wisest people who ever walked the face of the earth. And God inspired the writer of Proverbs, whoever it was, in order for us to be able to get some wisdom with regard to our lives too. And the writer of Proverbs in 27 verses 23 says this, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds for riches do not last forever. What's God saying there? He's saying the first secret of wisdom financially that's going to affect the whole of your life is knowing. It, knowing what you've got coming in, what you, what is coming out on, to have some knowledge about your spending. And it must have been so much harder to count sheep. He's talking about your, the condition of your flocks, but we can track um, what comes in and what comes out with regard to our money so much easier. And in chapter 13, verse 16, Solomon said, wise people act out of knowledge. So you want to make decisions with regard to your finances from a position of knowing, not just guessing, not just hoping, not just thinking, not even just praying about, oh, I don't know, but actually to know the condition of your flocks. That's the first one. And uh, there's, there's going to be a number of other points. I'm going to move around this place to help us to be able to, to, uh, to, to look at these financial things, this wisdom that God has got for you. So first of all, you've got to track your income, your outgoing, track that carefully. The next thing is plan ahead positively. I'm talking about having the long view on your finances. So often we can just get stuck in what's going on now and not thinking about our planning and about what we want to happen in the future with the things that God has given us. We kind of look at what we've got or what we think we haven't got right now when we make decisions based like that. Or I want it now, I've got to get it now. But that now based thinking can rob me of a future that God has got for me. So it's good for me to be able to plan. And the, the, the people call that a budget. And for some people, the whole name budget, the word budget freaks you out. You're like, it just speaks to you about, uh, about uh, you can't have this and you mustn't have that. So what about just thinking of it, you know, change up the language in some way. Don't call it a budget. Call it your future financial plan. That's, that's faith filled. That's hope filled. That's positive. That's depending on God kind of picture. To be able to think positively into the future, perhaps change your language in terms of how you're thinking about your financial future 
future because again um, Proverbs 21 verse 5 says the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty that tells me there's really no such thing as a, a get rich quick scheme you might be thinking oh well if I won the lottery or whatever well actually in in world terms you already did if you look around various places in the world as I say they'd love to have your problems but it's a matter of what am I going to plan to do with the things that God has given me and what's my long-term view of the future see sometimes we don't even think as far ahead as Christmas or, or you know there's things that we know are going to happen and yet around this time of year suddenly people are gonna start to think oh no it's Christmas soon well guess what you knew at the beginning of the year when Christmas would be that it was gonna tend to fall around December the 25th so to plan for it in advance stops us from having to panic for it right now and, to, and what often people do as a result of that is they go crazy they spend a lot on debt and and they try and just get it for now and they don't think about the repercussions for that in the future in the new year last year the average spend on christmas presents in the uk was 342 pounds and 303 pounds of that on average went on somebody's credit card that's just putting off um, to the future by because you want to have something today and you've got to have something today that's why we're here at Ivy we say rain it in at Christmas you don't have to spend like everybody else you don't have to buy ten of them you, you, you know you you can love your children and help them to know the love of God and, and what Christmas is really all about without having to buy all kinds of things in some way to to match up to what you see on the TV and uh, you know we so we rain it in at Christmas we think differently because we know who Jesus is make plans for a financial future yeah, and, and think about and ask God getting him involved in your plan say what do you want me to do with with what you've given me and uh, how do you want me to make wise investments as a steward we track carefully because it's those little things like lots of little coffees that really add up to hundreds of pounds over the course of a year and in the same way a little bit of saving something can multiply too so save up consistently on a regular basis Proverbs 13 11 says he who gathers money little by little makes it grow you might think I've not got much to be able to put away but even a small amount now and then now and now and now starts to grow and starts to multiply uh, this is how our finances um, start to, to make a big difference over time that's when your money starts to work for you rather than you just working for your money when we start to save Solomon said in the house of the wise are stores of choice food and oil but a foolish man devours all that he has. Now we hear the phrase choice food and oil and we think about consuming, but what Solomon was saying, no, a wise person stores up the very best. That's what these things would have been. They would have been stores for oil or for wine. This was literally a liquid asset in those days and he was saying a wise person doesn't just consume it all they save some for the future because you know what granny's right and a rainy day is going to come at some point so so a wise person is going to project forward into that future and be able to plan into that by saving and I know some of you think well I, I can't afford that I don't know what I'm going to do but it's wise to save it's wise to have a pension and to be able to put something into it because guess what the government in the future aren't going to be able to do that for all of us we need to be able to put something away for the future and and God expects us to be good stewards of that so that if you don't if you don't look after this then you're just expecting that somebody else is going to look after you instead think carefully plan positively save consistently and and fourth this is so important number four eliminate debt ruthlessly 
It's no coincidence that, that debt is a four-letter word. If you've ever been struggling with debt, if you talk to some of our, the people who we help through CAP, they're going to know it's a four-letter word. It's an awful place to be. It's a place of enslavement. It's a place where people end up feeling trapped as a result of it. Because when you're in debt, you have no choices. You can't decide to save. You can't decide to give. You can't decide what you're going to do because it's already been decided for you by the choices that you've made in the past. And the only way out of that is to make some different choices today and into the future. Consumer debt is something that is trapping millions and millions of people in our nation where people, they, and it isn't even that we buy stuff that we really need often on it, it's, the, it's things like petrol that people are buying in it, or presents, and then they're paying them off forever and ever on a massive amount of, of interest that just gets worse and worse. I know what that was like years and years ago, uh, I, I, I got us into some debt before I got married. I never expected that it's the never never, but actually it, it's today that it, it matters to in today until I got married to a wise woman who basically did some some plastic surgery and cut up my credit cards and said we're gonna pay those all of them off not just the minimum um, amount but the whole lot that's when we started to be able to spend in ways that we wanted to to save in ways that we wanted to and to give in ways that God wanted us to as well Solomon said in Proverbs 6 my son if you've put up security for a neighbor if you struck hands in pledge with another in other words this is about debt do this my son to free yourself go and humble yourself press your plea with your neighbor allow no sleep to your eyes no slumber to your eyelids free yourself he's saying don't get into more and more debt because according to Proverbs 22 verse 7 the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is slave to the lender. Maybe that's why they call it MasterCard. It's something that traps people so much. It can be so painful because you're not free. So I'm saying all of this to say, please don't get this, credit, this Christmas on credit. Do whatever you can to avoid putting it all on the card. Just rein it in at Christmas. And then we've got a number five, you guessed it. We're gonna look at giving next. The fifth final thing that God wants to teach us about wisdom financially to help us to build these walls so that we, you can be financially secure the way God wants it to do is to give generously. Some people, when it comes to giving, literally will stop at nothing. We don't want that to be the case for you. We want uh, to live, to give. It's a way better way to live. Jesus said that those who give um, are going to be blessed way more than people who just live to get. And so much in our Christmas, it, it, although it's supposed to be the season of giving, it's becoming this season of get, get, get for me and get for us and all those kind of things. But actually the joy of living is found in giving generously. So I want you to think about what you're in, what you're going to give. We see we don't just say rain it in at Christmas. We also say give it in in the, in the new year. We have this thing called first fruits every year at Ivy, and we're pretty much clearing out a lot of our first fruits in order for us to be able to buy um, the the the, the, the Cheadle Hume Cricket Club for us to be able to plant in a new way a new Christian community that's going to connect with the community there. So we're sort of clearing the decks on the old first fruits right now as I, as I'm speaking, but. It's uh, we're going to have to spend money on more imaginative things and we want to give away to all kinds of extra things in the future too. And for that to happen, that's going to involve people like you deciding to, to I'm going to rein it in this Christmas and I'm going to give something extra in, something even sacrificial in the new year. And, and to not do that really, for us to, to just kind of live in a fear mentality, that says a couple of things about our relationship with God. First of all, potentially, it shows a lack of gratitude for what all that God has already given me. And secondly, it shows maybe a lack 
lack of faith. It, it shows that I'm operating in fear with as regard to, well, will God look after me in the future? But somebody who gives is actually saying, first of all, to God, I'm so grateful that you've given me all of this. I get to give some back. And at the same time, that person is saying, in faith, I'm going to trust you that you're going to continue to be my provider. I'm not my own source. My boss is not my source. So whoever writes the checks that I live on are not my source. Behind that hand that does that, it's you. Everything that came to me, all that comes to me, came from you. And so I, of my own do I give you, as Solomon said at the dedication of the temple. But he also said this in, in chapter 3, verse 9 of, of uh, Proverbs. He said, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled with overflow, to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. So God is basically making a connection there. He's saying, I want to bless you financially. And part of the way that's going to happen is I want you to be a giver. And you might think, well, I don't know how God's going to bless me. And you can't really say God's going to bless me. I know how I can say that God is going to bless you financially in the future. I'll tell you why. Because he's blessed you financially today and he's blessed you financially in the past. He, everything that ever came from you, to you came from him because he is such a generous father. The Bible says he's the giver of every good gift. He, from him, he's the father of lights and everything that you ever had comes from him. So it's all a blessing from him. And at Christmas, we remember the ultimate gift that Jesus came to save us. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 8, verse 9 says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. You might not feel like you're rich financially. Listen, you're rich in grace. You're rich in love. You're rich in, in, in knowing where you're going for eternity, that God wants a relationship with you forever. And what Jesus did on the cross and when he rose again has, has, has helped you to know that your, that love is always going to be there for you now and for all of eternity. So I want to pray for you and please pray for me too over this Christmas time and at this time of the year that you will get this right the way God wants us to get it right, that we will all as a church, when whatever God gives us, that we will track it carefully, plan ahead positively, save up consistently, eliminate debt ruthlessly and live to give more and more generously every day and every year of our lives. And God bless you and uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.